Do you like books or movies or TV shows or songs with lyrics? You know, things that were created by writers. Of course you do. Do you like watching people type? I doubt it. Do you like hearing people tell you about how they came up with the things they type? Maybe. And there are lots of shows like that. But this isn't one of them. Do you ever procrastinate? Writers do too. So if you've ever enjoyed a great book or film or TV show or song or poem, and you thought, I'll bet the woman who wrote this epic high fantasy TV series, or the guy who wrote this funny queer sci-fi novel, or the person who writes this punch-you-in-the-gut poetry would be really fun to hang out with, and I'd like to hear them confess their bad not-writing habits. You're in the right not-writing place. I'm Benjamin Gorman, and the quiet guy behind the glass over there is Doug the producer. I write novels and collections of poetry and stuff, and Doug does his best to try to make me sound better. From Not A Pipe Publishing, welcome to Writers Not Writing. Hello, today's secret word is soulless. Ooh. <laughs> welcome everyone. Today's guest is Leanne McLennan. Leanne is still trying to figure out this thing called life, She's trying to balance work as a systems engineer and being a writer, as well as her preference to lose herself in a book. Uh, she's written a trilogy about teenage superheroes, the Supernormal Legacy trilogy. I highly, highly recommend it. So thank you so much for being on the show today, Leanne. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So as you know, shows on YouTube, shows also a podcast, means half the audience cannot see us. And so we always, you know, dress up, we, you know, <laughs> want to look good for the folks on YouTube, Absolutely. but for the folks who are experiencing this as a podcast, we want to make sure they know how we've dressed up. So what did you choose to wear for the show today? You know, I wanted to go full on glam today because I really wanted to honor the the legacy of like the the 1950s, like beautiful dresses with the, the you know, with the, the slightly off the shoulder uh, neckline beautiful embroidered flowers with maybe just a little bit of glitter in there not glitter oh, yeah. but, you know a little bit of glam um my necklace is an heirloom necklace and it's just a lot of diamonds and rubies and emeralds all put together just from the family legacy very cool uh, yeah and you really can't see it but you know my waistline is so tiny nice little flare out of a full skirt and you know i'm just ready to go to the party and your hair and looks make... fantastic thank you yes. it's a beautiful yes. updo exactly well i i wanted to match that level of uh of uh you know compliment that but also go with something that was a little retro and edgy so i found this uh light blue you know i wanted to go tuxedo so that i could be uh you Fantastic know formal, but i found this light blue denim one from the early aughts you know and this was a oh. kind of a runway thing uh at the time you know people doing the denim tuxedo and so this is all distressed jeans you know if folks nice. could see my knees there's a you know but at the same time it's cut like a tux and nice. so i am ready for the met gala or i'm ready to go painting for gold like i love you know, it very comfortable, uh, very breathable. So yeah, I'm I'm, I'm enjoying the uh, the denim tuck. So that's what that's what I decided to go with today. A nice homage to your Northwest roots. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Beautiful. And at the same time, you know, more highbrow than nor than I normally dress. Exactly. Yeah, this is uh, totally. you know because I wanted to be formal. Well done. Um, so uh, so 
this week, the show's all about how we procrastinate. What has been keeping you away from your writing this week in terms of pop culture? In terms of pop culture, well, uh, you know, as mentioned, uh, or will be mentioned, I would just rather read than yeah. any, honestly, anything else. Uh, and I have been reading uh, Hellbent, and it's the sequel to The Ninth House, and I'm going to totally mangle the writer's name, Lee, mm, how do you say her last name? I, Bar, I, I will look it up. Um, we'll come back to it. She's the one who's written like uh, Smoke and Bone and, and that series. And we'll post and, it in the show notes too. So people can perfect. check it. So this is Hellbent. Is which one in the series? The second book. Okay. And what I love about it, it's magical realism. And it takes place at Yale, which uh, the writer is actually teaches there. Oh, okay. And it, it supposes that this, the society's skull and bones and other societies are may or may not uh but you know it supposes that they are doing um magic and using that magic to help their alumni make good financial decisions help their alumni write amazing books so you know they're they're really tapping into this magic that is all over new haven and then the main character galaxy stern works for a society that uh is kind of the watchman who watches the watcher. Mm -hmm. So the life society, they're the ones who go and make sure that uh, the other societies are not out, stepping outside their boundaries. Misusing the magic. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, I won't tell you more than that. That just sets you up, but it's it's just amazing. And, you know, some good twists and turns, but also just a, our main character who is relatable but also different enough from me that i'm i'm learning about other parts of life yeah so i really like that yeah, yeah definitely recommend the series and i'm hoping this is not the last book i have not finished right yes yeah that's always the tension like uh, you yeah. know some of our readers you know we've got a couple of trilogies yours now mm -hmm. uh kate Riscow's trilogy is going to yeah. come with the third book and yeah i can't wait for that and i know some people want to you know read the first be in on it when a series starts but they are willing to endure the, I, I hope there's more of this. Yes. And some people are like, I'll wait till the third comes out. So, you know, exactly. I, I have my first sequel coming out this year and then yeah. you know, the third, and I'm like, I expect that the sequel is going to be that uncomfortable place in between where, you know, some people are going to go, I'll wait for the third to come out. I promise mm -hmm. it will come out. Right. Writing that one. But uh, yeah, I understand some people want to know that the third is coming out. So, right. Well, and I know with my second book with Root, I left it as a full on cliffhanger. Yeah. And the, the third book picks up right on the tails of it right uh right and i really enjoyed that um yeah. just just knowing that i left folks in that state was i mean you know writers are all a little diabolical right, right. we we don't always want we always serve our readers but we don't always serve them maybe in the way they want to be served and you know so uh sometimes right. we, well, and, and you know if, because part of our job is to torment our characters exactly sometimes that transfers to the reader a little too you know yeah exactly. I mean, I'm, I'm just taking these people i really like and what's the the cliche where you know uh chasing them up a tree and throwing rocks at them exactly and so if we're if we're doing that to characters sometimes we may do that to our readers too sorry exactly sorry uh, not sorry <laughs> of the game Right. So in pop culture, that's what I've been doing. Um, I am, I want to watch The Last of Us very much, but I am very, I mean, as a writer, but just always as a person, I've had 
that and that one reason I hate camping, frankly, is because I'm sleeping out there and I'm like, all right, well, who's going to come murder me? You know, I'm <laughs> yes, it's going to happen. What's it going to be? And, yes, exactly. uh, you know, watching a, something that's scary and, and, you know, has zombies and stuff. I love it. But I got to kind of gird my loins. I kind of yes. get it. Get I ready. highly recommend. I've only, you know, I'm only an episode in. Yeah. Uh, but I, I messaged my son as soon as I saw finished the first episode because he's watched it as well. And I was like, is is am, am I wrong or is this the best thing to ever be an adaptation of a video game made into cinema ever? Like, it's what really, did he say? Yeah, it's it is. Uh, he was like, I can't think of anything. And you know, he's, he's a yeah. video game fan as well. Nice. Video games so rarely transfer to mm-hmm. the film. You know, there's so many bad ones. Oh and yeah, this, it was it was good to see one that's so well done. Uh, I'm hearing of this, lots of great things. Yeah, I mean, it's so, it's, you know, this huge universe in terms of its scope, but it's so intimate. There are few people left. And right. so you are getting to see these actors really navigate. What are we going to, you know, how would these people respond to a world that is hostile and also depopulated? There are not yeah. a lot of people. And, I can't uh, imagine. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it is, uh, it's, it's, a, it's well worth your time. Uh, just, I, I'm not sure if the second one... The second episode come out yet or is that i think it's next week i think they're doing the week by week thing so that that yeah yeah and you know and and as sometimes especially as as mostly an introvert i'm always like oh could there be fewer people but i would prefer that it not happen like in such a yes exactly catastrophic (laughs) way there's there's an interesting kind of sociological uh, uh critique of monster stories that you know, we we tend to look for vampire stories when times are good, because then we're concerned about gender politics, sexual politics, relationships. And so when the economy's roaring, we want vampire stories. Interesting. And when we feel really uncomfortable with civilization potentially falling apart, we want zombie stories because they provide us with this fantasy that I would be the survivor. I would know what to do. I right. would do so well. And, you know, watching it with Crystal is so great because she's like, no way. I would be dead in the first wave. Same. I'm fine with that. Yeah. I wouldn't want to live in this society anyway. It's awful. You know? And, and yeah. I'm like, oh, I think I would, you know, build a community of like-minded people who would watch out for each other. I love building community. And she's You're like, so nope, good at I'm, it, right? I'm, I'm out of this. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I'd be, because I'm short, I'm blind in one eye. I'm anti-gun. Yeah. Um, so that might be the time to pick up a gun i will i'll give you that that might be the exception um and um i'm highly anxious and i don't sleep well without my white noisemaker so you know i'd be yeah. screwed yeah you're not sleeping no. well one of the things that i i love I, I don't remember when i learned about this is zombie stories never use the word zombie and the reason for that is they all exist in a universe where the people have never been exposed to zombie oh stories oh my god before. Because if they had, they would all say, well, everybody knows this is the way you deal with zombies because we've seen these movies. So in zombie right. comedies, they'll they'll reference zombies. Right. And somebody will actually say, like, haven't you people ever watched The Walking Dead or whatever? But in the serious ones, in The Walking Dead, they mm-hmm. never say the word zombie. They are walking, never heard that, whatever. But... Because if you yeah. introduce the word zombie, then you imply these people should have known better. Right. right? Should they have and, seen, yeah. you know, the, the the Romero movies or something? And so they 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 follow that uh, in The Last of Us. There is no reference to zombies. Cool. The people are totally unprepared and the world. And, and they also provide one of the good things about this one. This is not a spoiler. We find this out in the first few seconds of the show, but they provide a kind of quasi-scientific justification for why this is happening so it's not 
you know, which I, I think is it is defensible to say there's a supernatural explanation, which the Romero ones do, you know, hell mm -hmm. is full. And that's why people are coming back from the grave. This is not scientific. But this one does this, you know, the, the, these people have been infected in some way. Right. Uh, and uh, and so that makes it feel gritty and like this could actually, I mean, this couldn't happen, but this could, it, it is better than some of the zombie stories. I'll have students who will say, you know, this is how I would handle a zombie apocalypse. And I have to say to them, you understand that zombie Zombies are impossible. Like that really is, you know, defies the laws of <laughs> physics, you know, like, um, but, the, you know, some folks are so into that kind of mentality of, I want to believe I would be a survivor that they right. get into this fantasy of, so therefore I want it to happen. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's not good. You mm. don't want a, you know, a, a mass casualty event that, uh, you right. know, that well, most some... humans dead. That's terrible. <laughs> it is terrible. And, you know, it's like, even, I bet even, there's so many things we don't even think about that we'd be dealing with. I did like World War Z a lot yeah. because the book is the book. The not book the is better than the film. Right. Yes. And the, the film's fine. It's like fine. It's, it's a it, fun, you know, right. Hollywood version, but the exactly. book is really oh, awesome. So good. I love the, the way that he presented it as survivor stories. And, um, you know, this happened when this happened and, you know, just really immediately made it intimate because of that yeah. Yeah. um it was done like this is this rigorous history we are keeping exactly. up this thing that happened and you're like wow this is really scientific and thoughtful it's you know? so cool the thing that always i always carry with me that um is how they handled north korea in that because essentially north korea went dark and yeah. they don't know what happened in north korea i love that yeah well and i love the mumbai scene where they're you know everybody i mean it seems right. so logical to me people would run for the ocean yeah and recognizing any way where everyone's running you don't want to be running uh right. people are the problem don't go where all the people right. are going and right. so once there's an outbreak in the water that scene is terrifying yeah yeah. Um, but, you know, the, uh, Crystal, as we were watching, it was saying, these people need to get on a boat. And I was like, read World War Z. Don't yeah. run for the ocean. That's right. not good. Right. <laughs> Don't put yourself that. where you're confined with other people in get any way. from other people. I know. loved, in the movie, I liked the Jerusalem scene. I think it was Jerusalem scene um, where they realized people were getting infected. And then they had that scene where they're trying to scale the wall and they're the using wall. the I mean, just, you know, whatever you think about the movie, I think that's an amazing just visual. It like, looked really cool yeah. you're like oh my god <laughs> yeah. well no and i were talking about how in the, the walking dead there's a there's a spin-off series that's mm. not, it's, not, it's not called tales of the walking dead it's like return not the return of the walking dead yeah, or... i can't remember but it's yeah. this spin-off group and in the original walking dead they tell the story of the aftermath and and rick grimes mm. the main character wakes up later yeah and you know and in the uh spin-off series they do go back and have For flashbacks sure. of the what what is like right away when it happened cool. and the thing he was pointing out to me that's really interesting is in that universe people don't know that their loved ones are dead and so that you know oh, the, wow. the, in in the immediate aftermath of whatever catastrophe has caused this people are navigating you know how do i take care of this person who's clearly ill no they're not ill they're dead and so that, yeah. he said that that first scene is really interesting to watch wow. and then think about oh now i understand these characters from later but i can i can identify the trauma that they've all been through which wasn't depicted in, uh, right. in walking dead so that's, that's interesting yeah that, that I'm yeah. Like, oh, i guess i have to watch that spin-off series that's i think seven seasons long or something so something crazy in my well have you seen uh, if you watch Sweet Tooth? I think no. it's on, it's it was on Netflix. 
It's on Netflix. I want to say it came out a year or two ago. Not even t- in the past three years, time and space have no right. meaning. Right. So I don't even know. But I know Was it it's a film out- or a TV show. It's a series. Okay. And it's based, I think, on a graphic novel. Um, and it's another post-apocalyptic story where there's a virus. So in this one, there's a virus that kills people and the people just die. Um, but it's extremely, um, extremely infectious, infectious. Um, yeah. And but at the same time, babies are being born kind of right around the same time that have the characteristics of animals. Mm. So they they are sort of a human oh, I animal. Did think, I think I did, where the kid has the horns. The horns, right, yes. right, yes. I wonder, are they going to do a second season? They are doing the second season. Oh, good. Yeah, I avoid that. I, I that didn't was think really I good. I thought, oh, this yeah. looks a little too twee, twee and cute, and I don't think it's going to be good. Right. And it was good. It was, it was really it was good. Thoughtful, and it was like, yeah. where is this going, and what does this right. mean? And I like when they give you something where you're saying, this could be a meaningful metaphor. I just haven't figured it out yet. So right. I hope that they're going somewhere. They right. are. It's they, yeah. Yeah, I did read that they're going to do a second series. Yeah, because I think the addition of I can't remember anybody's character except for Sweet Tooth, but the you know the uh, the doctor and his wife who was infected, and you know what the moral journey that that doctor is going through. I mean, you, you, that's just yeah. I you know I won't spoil that, but it was just so striking. And then the moral journey that uh, the the guy that Sweet Tooth, the, the you know the the traveler that Sweet and Tooth, and their bond about, is really their bond, yeah. But then yeah. his moral journey, where he you know how he got and what it, yeah, yeah no like, spoilers, wow. but he's a complex character. He's so complex, that. yeah, yeah. So um, I think uh, I look forward to that. Yeah. 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 Well, and, and do check out Last of Us. I think it's I will. Oh, I will go somewhere good. Uh, yeah. Nice. And, and they're, you know, again, comic book or not comic book video game stuff generally doesn't translate mm. I think because what of the it? nature of this one. It was such a cinematic game anyway. Mm, okay. uh, in fact, I think they use some of the same actors even. Uh, so I that's think that's awesome. a strength is they were thinking of this that in connection. a cinematic way when they made the game rather than, right. well, we need to go to the next big boss fight, you know, and, and following kind of the tropes of video games, which are totally legitimate in that medium, but don't necessarily translate to, to, uh, to this. Whereas that, that game kind of lingers and is slow and is creepy and that's cool. Just could lean into that. So, yeah, I don't play video games. So it's, so it's kind of, it's me, it's very meaningful to hear from someone who has played the game and other people that they that it works for them. Yeah, that so, it actually works for a team. Because yeah. so often, you know, video game aficionados are like, I love this world and I love video games, and yet this cinematic version stinks. You know, and it's I, because some things don't translate from one medium to another. Right, really right. Well, so. well, you know, they're the experts. I mean, right, I'm right. going to listen to them. Yeah. yeah. So that's really cool. That's awesome. So that's kind of where I am. Um, an overly imaginative person who reads scary stuff. Yes. Um, and then ha- I recently reran, reread um, the beginning of a series by Sherry Priest uh, f- uh, that takes place in Seattle and other parts called Bone, Shape- Bone Shaker. Mm. Wow, I'm terrible with names. Um, and it is, it's kind of pre-apocalyptic in a way, or no, pre, pre-times, I think is a better way to put it. It oh, takes okay. place in the 1800s around the time of our civil war, but it's, things are a little different. And um, anyway, it was also a scenario where they had um, living dead types. And it was so well-written that I was trying, I couldn't, I had a little trouble sleeping. So 
even yes. Yeah. Yes, which is, a, I mean, a, you know, which is know awesome. something is so effective that it's affecting you outside of the text. It's working, you know? Yeah, exactly. That's, that's good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I'll put that, I'll look that up and put that in the show notes too. Fantastic. To check out. So yeah. what about in the news? What's been distracting you from your work in the news? <laughs> um, I will lead in by saying I am horribly obsessed with politics. It's all Trump's fault. I would like to be more <laughs> ignorant than I am, but I felt like I had to get yep. connected and involved. Right there with um, you. Exactly. Um, but um, it was the House election, so that was horrible. Um, and now it's George Santos. It's and wild. It's just insane. Like his web of lies. And I actually want him to really be a drag queen from Brazil, because right. how hilarious is that, that he would be in the GOP? But um I'm just, and who knows? Like, I mean, he's to the point where when he says, "No, I'm not this," everybody's saying, "Nobody can believe you about anything." You have right. fabricated everything in your resume. So, yeah. I am enjoying. I am on the one hand enjoying the the comedy of it. Like, I love the memes. I love what folks are doing with you know George right. Santos as a character. And on the other hand, on a very serious side, I'm like, let's acknowledge he is the perfect avatar for the modern Republican Party. You know, I'm, I'm somebody who. You know, I've, I've, I've always been pretty liberal, but I was in a place where I could say I can respect, you know, principles coming out of the Republican Party that I disagree with. We can right. have a legitimate discussion about the size of government, the rate of taxation, absolutely, the kind of rate of progress. That right. That's, you know, I understand people were scared by the, the pace of progress socially and wanted things to just slow down and they weren't necessarily saying oh we hate everyone they were saying let's go slowly mm -hmm. and that scared them that is not the republican party of today that is i don't evil. yeah and uh, and so i think he is the perfect epitome of a party that says we will keep this guy we know to be a liar because right. we have chosen to be the party of liars seriously okay yeah absolutely uh, anything for power at any extreme and i'm at like any what's paint them as the George Santos party and make it clear to people, this is who they have chosen to be. This exactly you vote for any Republican. You are voting for this machine. That guy. Um, well, and, and, you know, so the party of liars, the party of, you can't trust them, the party of not getting shit done, uh, right. stuff done. Sorry. Yep. It's all about the, the <laughs> yeah. drama and the clicks and the, you know, right. Uh, make the libs look bad. Right. Make them mad. You know, right. and, and if that's all you've got for people, you I am hopeful. Where I find hope is that especially the next generation is going to go, we can't even take these people seriously. Yeah. Like it's not, there is no legitimate debate with people who are, you know, running George Santos as one of, you know, keeping him and making a choice to keep him. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. Then we can't talk with you. And when you do right. crazy things, instead of saying, okay, both sides, like, no, this is not both sides anymore. This is the no. George Santos party. And let's instead spend our energy trying to push the you know Dems where we want them to go because Seriously. they're the party yeah. interested in governing. Yeah, um, they they have no policy. They they they. I mean, especially if you compare what's probably going to happen over the next two years in the House, which is going to be nothing, with the last two years just in the House, the Senate, and the President. Even though we didn't get everything done that right. we would have liked to, there are definitely some huge gaps, but so much was done. Yeah. And, and so many and a lot of it, things. I was talking with uh, uh, somebody who shall go unnamed where they were saying, but I don't I don't feel a lot of those choices that the Dems made. And a lot of them were things that are far off. You so, know, these yeah. huge investments in combating climate change that are the infrastructure, ever made, yeah. infrastructure. Yeah. you don't feel those for 
10, 20, 30 years. Absolutely. And so you have to have a party that's serious and saying, we recognize this might not be an electoral win in two years for us, but it's the right thing to do mm. because 20 years from now, it's going to make a big difference in your life. Right. And that's that's hard when the other party's saying we only care about the 24 hour news cycle. It's right. only about whether or not this benefits yeah. us tomorrow. We don't care about what's going to happen 10 or 20 right. years. Like so. I'm telling kids who um, if they have a STEM attribute right now, like, hey, if you're interested in STEM, get into something with like civil engineering, mechanical, you know, engineering because or, or like even infrastructure planning. That's there's going to be jobs and uh, it's going to uh, be amazing. And it's good. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. There's a real. Yeah you know cool transformations we need to make to the way that we live in terms yeah. of i would love to see uh, uh you know high speed rail system that is connected to a nationwide solar grid that right would be now, cool we don't have the infrastructure to mm -hmm. have solar plants in arizona provide right. power to new york city well why not if you were connected it to Figure a it nationwide out, yeah. Solar uh, nationwide rail high speed rail system that's cool that would be connected. That's a huge investment, but right. in the long run, I mean, if, you know, you or I could hop on a train that within four hours could have us in Chicago. We would that'd be, be amazing. Able. Yeah, and that's technologically possible. Right. We just, just haven't made that investment. We're not. We're getting it. there, and we have. You know, we have a great transportation secretary. You know, he's taking responsibility. He's. You know, he's he's a, such an amazing speaker. We're, we're going to see more from him. At yeah, some point. I expect so, too. Yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. he's, he's serious and he's mm -hmm. competent. And exactly. Are, are Americans going to decide competence is more valuable than drama? And well, I think yeah. Because, so, you know, if you want wild and, and what's going to be the next thing, you could go to George Santos. Like oh, my gosh. Who knows yeah. what he's going to find and say tomorrow. Yeah, right. Um, but I mean, that is, you know, who's going to know who's going to be? Pretend who's his new name? What's his new yes. name going to be? Because right. we don't really know who he is. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, or you can have people who actually care about getting things done. And then right. we could go back to, I mean, I, I know folks who are very frustrated with the Democratic Party for X and Y reason. They haven't done mm -hmm. enough on this. They haven't done enough on right. that. And I understand where that's Absolutely. coming from. Yeah. Like they're the only game in town as far as getting things done. So spend your energy supporting yeah. and pushing. Yeah, the group that wants to get things done rather than saying, because I criticize them, I'm fine with George Santos party running things because nothing yeah. will get done. So. No, I mean, you, you've got to want, we, we have so much to accomplish and we're going to be at a stand, mostly standstill for the next year, two years, I believe, sadly, but you know, I could be wrong. But yeah, yeah. Well, it, and, and what's going to take up the news cycle is going to be stuff happening at the state level. And that's where yeah. I am freaked out. I'm looking you, at stuff like right. what's happening in Arkansas. I was reading yesterday, a bill was proposed in Arkansas to make it a class C, I believe, and I could be getting the details wrong here, to make it a class mm -hmm. C felony for a librarian to check out a book that includes gender identity. What? Well, Wow. Gender identity is being a, a cishet male. That's a gender identity, right. Right? right? And so every book, every book, <laughs> there's no book that does not include gender identity. And These so people are crazy. I, I don't know how that will play out. And, you know, some folks are saying, don't overreact. It's going to get knocked down because it's a First Amendment violation. And I'm saying you can't put librarians in this place of right. terror. Where right. Any minute I could be charged with a felony until this case reaches the Supreme Court. 
that's and we're certainly seeing that happen in Florida in the schools. Where oh my God! Preemptively, they're saying I have to take every book by an African American author right. off my shelf, or every or you know losing my job. Right. Uh, and that's a horrible thing to have happening to the students of Florida. So, well, and just think about doctors and nurses with the abortion. Yep. You know, with exactly where they're saying preemptively. Right. I'm sorry, I'm going to have to yeah. let you die of sepsis. Exactly. Because I'm so nervous about losing my medical right. license that right. you're going to just die. Uh, yeah. and, you know, when you're as close to death as I can let you get, then maybe I'll start treating you because mm -hmm. then it's clear for me in court that this was about sepsis and not abortion. And I'm just going, this is, this is going to kill a lot of people. It's going to kill a lot. Um, it's going to kill a lot of people. It's going, and then, you know, for the gen, the kids, the people, not just children, not just kids, but the folks who are going through gender identity thoughts with themselves, whatever those might be, like, who am I? You know, what, why do I feel this way? Now, you know, what's so great is when they can read a book, just read a book yeah. that they connect to. I'm not alone. I'm not the only one going through this. Enough people wrote about it that it's the thing. And now, okay, maybe there's a breath of fresh air. If they're being restricted from that, yep. suicide, you know, people, putting cramming themselves into lifestyles that mean nothing to how who they are and they're and then, so miserable and then it becomes generational generational Why my parents so miserable right oh, your parent was miserable because your parent didn't want to be the person they were forced to be exactly don't do that to the next generation right yeah it just isn't incomprehensible to me to, to even want that for someone just yeah I, let them I, be I, who cares? Yeah. So, I mean, if it was just kind of George Santos theatrics, we could just laugh. Right. But there's going to be a lot of damage at the state level. And so I yeah. hope folks are keeping an eye on what is yeah. going on and, and trying to make decisions about it. I mean, as, as a parent, I, if my son came to me and said, I'm thinking about going to a university in Texas or Florida, I would mm -hmm. be saying, do not. Don't yeah, let's, waste let's... of money. Don't go to a school that's not going to be taken seriously mm -hmm. because employers down the road are going to go, wait, you went to a school where you could not possibly study history accurately because it was right. banned by the state? Yeah. Then what does your diploma from that school mean? Exactly. I, I hope we'll see some folks reacting. And also, I, I don't think any person who could ever possibly get pregnant should be making a choice to go to texas florida these states right it's mm -hmm. dangerous idaho go yeah yeah so, well, yeah i absolutely hear you out, i don't it's, know it will be interesting you know i've even um read quite a bit that even at the school board level that a lot of it has well with the newborn's newborn schools yeah here in oregon this yeah. is not far away this is no. between where we live exactly uh, now apparently they've rescinded all of that very quietly yes which is interesting to me yes for folks who don't know newberg one of the school school boards here had this sweep of maga folks take over and then they put out uh some policy proposals to say nobody in a classroom could have a pride flag they couldn't have a uh a black, black lives matter yeah. poster or anything like that in their classroom well, the the way that they the first at first it was just those, and that's clearly illegal. You cannot possibly do that. And so, in order to try and make it legal, they then said, "Well, you couldn't have any signs of any kind." <laughs> well, that included, with the exceptions of, I believe they allowed the American flag, and there was something else. But mm -hmm. it, it, you couldn't have a map like in right. your classroom without technically being in violation of their policies. And so they, ridiculous. It was so, yeah. yeah, it was so over the top. And it's because they had no interest in educating. These were people who were doing this because they had ambitions to mm -hmm. uh, uh, go up a level. Yeah. yeah make just, a name for themselves. Make a name for themselves. And yeah. so 
there there has been what's been frustrating to watch is there has been insufficient pushback from the community and finally finally the community is waking up and saying this is really a problem yeah. um, but before it was like oh yeah well this I, I am also opposed to i guess black lives mattering i am also opposed to people you know gay people existing therefore i will allow this madness and uh and and so you know finally yeah. the community is waking up and saying this uh, as much as that aligned with my politics, which right away, deeply problematic, I do want my kids to have teachers. I do, yes. know, and, and there, was just, there was a mass exodus. Their entire yeah. tech department quit. Oh, and, I didn't know that. Yeah, in one day, the entire tech department said, this is not a place, you know, the, the techies in so many of these districts mm -hmm. could be working in so many other fields and mm -hmm. making more money. And oh, yeah. do this because they, you know, care about kids. They want to be involved in yeah. an institution that they value. And when it gets to that place, they're saying, forget it. I can go to the company down the road and, you know, run their servers. Exactly. And so they all left at once. Wow. Uh, they lost a bunch of bus drivers to the point where like the superintendent was having to drive bus. <laughs> yeah. I believe illegally. Oh <laughs> no. Yeah, I, mean, I can't just drive a bus like right. know, a certain kind of license. So I, I could be wrong about that. I don't want to get myself in legal hot water, but what I heard is didn't have the right licensure to be doing so. So wow. that's, uh, yeah, they, they're, they're a real mess. And I think mm. that that's, a, should be a heads up for every other school district, at least in, in the state of Oregon and in blue mm -hmm. states yeah. where they're saying, oh, I, I know that my governor is not going to pass this horrific stuff. But yeah, but, but your local school board may right. keep an eye on that. Yes. And vote in the, vote in all elections. And, yes. you know, the reality is in Oregon, you know, I've lived, um, I've lived in, grew up in Texas and I've lived in North Carolina. So I've voted in all those places. Uh, I lie. Actually, I've never voted in Texas. So I've only voted in North Carolina. Yeah. Um, but um, in Oregon, when I first moved here and like it's around election time and a ballot shows up in the mail, I'm like, what's going on? What's right. this thing? And they're like, you can vote by mail. I'm like, this is genius. It's brilliant. Yeah. For folks outside of Oregon, you don't know yeah. how great our system is. We get our ballots by mail. Yeah. You you can drop them in a drop box if you feel safer about doing so, or you can put them in the mail. And the it mail. gets in fact, in my county, this is really cool. My uh, local county elections official uh, reached out to me. Oh gosh, what is it? Twenty fourteen. It was it was an uh, off year congressional election to inform me that I hadn't signed the and so called me. And oh, said, that's amazing. Oh, you forgot to sign this. Would you like to come in? And I drove into the county seat and I signed it so that my vote counted. So cool. And it was like. This is so cool. Somebody who yeah. cares whether or not we vote. Right. You know. And you get you get this thick pamphlet and then but you could also like you're sitting in your home, you could look up online, you you, you get the space that you need to inform yourself as much as you want to be informed. Yeah. And everyone's going to have a different level of that, right? But the point is you can do it. You, no one's like hanging over it's just your space to to make decisions and be informed but also do it so easily. Yeah. Well, and it takes yeah. so many voter suppression efforts away. You can't exactly. do this thing that they've done in some states where they say, we just won't put as many polling places mm -hmm. in black neighborhoods so that the lines exactly. are longer. Or right. Georgia will prevent you from bringing water to people in line so they have really? to be miserable. Right. Or, right. oh, maybe the, the local place where you vote isn't ADA compliant and right. so people with disabilities can't vote there. You know, Exactly. If you can send a, a piece of mail. You can vote in the state of Oregon. Yeah. Really and they have... Nice you know, it's, it's, it's very secure. It's yeah, it's, it's fantastic. So there, so at least in Oregon, there is very little excuse not to vote. Yeah. 
um, I can understand in other places that is not, it's not as convenient and all that. It should be, but it's not. Um, and and yeah, so, even in Oregon, there are a lot oh, yeah. that don't vote. And I think we've made it as easy as possible for you and understanding that your rights really are on the line. And mm -hmm. I know that it's exhausting because they hear yeah. this election is the most important election <laughs> in your life. And they're like, yep, I hear that every single election. Right. But maybe every election is point? the most important election they in your really life. They really are getting more and more important. Exactly. So yeah. recognizing, yeah, I've right. got to vote or else there are really right. dire consequences. And I, I've got to hold my nose, which is hard for folks too. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. I'm not really excited about this candidate. Recognize you're voting for, we're, we're more parliamentary than we've ever been. You're voting for a party. You're voting for a big machine. And you yeah. may be putting somebody in place who's not your favorite. You're not excited about them. Right. But you are, you know, diminishing the 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 machine on the other side that really has yeah. some very dangerous ideas about your life. Absolutely. So that's, that's hard for yeah. folks to see. Yeah, because, I mean, and I guess I've, always been a person who I don't have a lot of heroes um, because I kind of don't want to have a lot of heroes. I, I know that sounds strange, but it's like, I don't, there's no human being. There are a lot of really good human beings and a lot of really bad ones, but there's no human being that is to me, heroic, pure, not pure enough. I'm not sure of the words I'm looking for, but to the standard that a hero should be because we're all black and we're, we're all have shades of gray. And, and that's great. I think we should. I think that's more interesting. Um, it's We don't need everything to be just all precise, but they have the, you know, the expression, never meet your heroes. Yeah. If you don't have heroes, it's not going to be a problem. But because of that, I'm not going to put someone on a pedestal. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Joe Biden's not perfect. He's right. probably too old to be president, but you know what? He's a damn darn good president. The whole right. no swearing thing is messing me up, by the way. Yeah. He's, he's competent. And that yes. is a low bar. Like we, you know, we right. should acknowledge that's a low bar. And also it's a bar that he meets that the other side wouldn't have met. So exactly. that's something, you know. And he surrounds himself with, my, yeah, with yeah. good people. That's to me, it's not just, are you competent, but are you going to build that, that yep. circle? And that's what he's done so, so well. I mean, I certainly opinion. have my issues with, with Joe Biden. I think a lot of yeah. folks don't know that uh, uh, back in the 90s, the Anita Hill hearings. Yes. The, the you know, one of the things that made that so awful was mm -hmm. that there was a decision made to yeah. only interview Anita Hill and not mm -hmm. all the other accusers. If they brought yes. out 20 accusers, it would have been a very different story. We know yeah. Anita Hill's name because there was a choice made to say, we're going to only allow one person. That poor woman. And that choice was made by Biden. Joe Biden. He exactly. Of that committee. And I will never fully forgive him for that. Like he was this white guy, you know, and at the same, so I'm not going to, you know, vote for him in a primary. Like there are better candidates who didn't do that to Anita Hill. Right. At the same time, if I am faced with a choice between Joe Biden and somebody who's going to build concentration camps on the Texas border. Right. And babies out of mother's arms i'm yeah. for joe biden every single time damn straight darn I'll straight for him when he's 95 right because the alternative is a lot worse for a lot of people and exactly. that's i think that's and, hard for folks and from what i understand not that this forgives him he has acknowledged his mistakes yes and he can and, learn from mistakes and grow which exactly so politicians can't say i did exactly. something wrong and i need to grow from that Exactly. Because um, they're afraid if they acknowledge error, people will hold it against them. And people do. You know, they people do. say, yeah. oh, you did this wrong. And they're like, yes, I did that wrong. See, you're weak. No, acknowledging error is a sign of strength. <laughs> but, you know, I think our, I think our current society really does punish a lot of people for 
acknowledging errors. We yeah. don't always give people that second chance. I think about James Gunn and the Guardians, you know, so he had, um, I can't remember the exact details, but, you know, he made a Twitter joke that was really in very inappropriate. I don't remember the details, but it was, story, it was something but... to do. I, I'm not going to say what I think it is because I really think I am misremembering, but it was very inappropriate. And he was actually kicked off the second Guardians of the Galaxy oh, film. Yeah. I they do were like, about that. Yeah. Right. And um, he apologized and was like, Yeah, I, that was, I was trying to make a name for myself. I was trying to be edgy. It was a really bad decision. And, you know, so he acknowledged that. But I think what he probably would not have gotten the job back if, you know, Chris Pratt and, you know, all of the folks in that. Um, you know, on the film, we're like, dude, bring him back. We liked him. He's a good person. He screwed up. Yeah. So what? I mean, he screwed up. He acknowledged that he screwed up. Yep. And that's yeah. so key. And and I think this goes back to um, the the first George Bush Senior uh, campaign and uh, Willie Horton. Uh, you know, the the Dukakis, you <laughs> right. know, pardons someone, right? And then that is used as an attack against him. And the lesson, unfortunately, that our politicians that. learned is if, never say, I made a mistake. I should right. not have, you know, pardoned uh, and released Willie Horton. That was a that was a bad thing. And yeah. so they said, you know, anytime you double down, always double mm. down, never admit to error. And that has really harmed our politics. We would be so much better off with people saying, I made a mistake. Let's go in a different direction. That was bad. Yeah. Uh, and maybe we will relearn that if some members of the Republican Party decide they want to be an anti-Trump party again mm -hmm. and say, mm -hmm. I need to I need to rehabilitate my image. It's OK to admit I was wrong. I got right. swept up in this movement. I did some things for votes that I'm embarrassed about. I supported some people. I, you know, I tolerated right. some things that were really abominable to me. You know, I, I think that would be really good for the nation to then say, okay, good. People on both sides mm -hmm. can acknowledge error. Yeah. As long as it's going to be doubling down is always weakness, uh, yeah. or doubling down is the only solution because acknowledging error is always weakness. We're mm -hmm. going to be in for a lot of people that will right. have to hold accountable for a long time. Right. I mean, you know, Kevin McCarthy's never going to let George Santos go. Right. He needs that vote. He needs the vote. And it's uh, so cynical. Yeah. Yep. And, yeah. and and that, I think the rest of us then need to hold the party accountable Absolutely. and say, you really have chosen this. You've revealed something about yourselves. Mm -hmm. Whereas the Dems had, you know, uh, uh, what was the senator's name who was formerly on SNL? Oh, uh, Al Franken. Al Franken. Yeah. And he clearly had done some objectionable things and yeah. said, you're out. And I feel yeah. like that's a real illustration. George Santos gets to stay. Al Franken has to mm -hmm. go. That tells you a lot about the, not just the right. individuals, but the parties. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Wow. All right. So, Lots of yeah. stuff there. A lot. Of, but the, I love this. Like, this is yes. the stuff that I enjoy thinking about. And it, it does end up affecting our writing in this you know, way. Where it's like, this is yeah. the, the milieu that we are working in. And these are the ideas we're thinking about. Right. And actually, they'll find our ways into our fiction in ways that I hope Absolutely. are constructive and helpful to readers. Like, oh yeah, I had not yeah. thought of that. Not just preaching to the choir. That's one thing I I, I know I do and I need to watch out for. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm just saying to people who already agree, oh yeah, right. it's terrible that. But like, right. hey, are there 
you know, even folks on on my side of the aisle who are saying, you know, oh, the, this person's evil and therefore evil forever. No, if if we can lift up the idea of acknowledging error, we can create a community where people can mm -hmm. be welcome to back in. Let's do that in fiction and right. and represent it so that people can can see that in you know in the real world and value it. So, yeah, I there's a um, I, I just try to imagine creating a character like George Santos. I'm not sure he could be a believable character. Well, no, <laughs> I, I mean, such a good point. We have reached the point where this is you can't parody it like you can't right. satire this because mm -hmm. before george santos if you'd written the story of george santos people would say that's unbelievable right and now you're like that's oh, the reality we live that's in that's crazy yeah, i <laughs> yeah. keep joking that uh you know this universe is poorly written like whoever is responsible written. is is a hack yeah. <laughs> this is it's, not this it's is the not thousand monkeys writing on the typewriters yep. right <laughs> absolutely so in addition to the new stuff yeah uh, hobbies what's been what's been uh, maybe a little healthier terrible obsession um so hobbies so you know it's funny i consider writing a hobby though i'm not sure that's a an accurate thing because it's more serious than a hobby right. but is that really fair to anyway i think about that a lot but in the hobby space i love to cook um and i am i i love to cook and it's to the point where my husband has no fear of giving me cooking tools for things like Christmas and birthday. Like it's not, you know, because he that's doesn't the feel cliche. like, oh yeah, because that, that is a that is a fraught gift. You have it's, to establish yeah. in your relationship that this is legitimate. Exactly. Okay, exactly. Not an obligation. Exactly. So you know, I'm like, cool. I get to make this new recipe because I get to buy new tools. So I'm a, I'm a gadget, I'm a cooking gadget geek. Um, but I also just love to cook because like one, I love to eat, but uh, cooking is, you know, I love the science of baking. You know, there's, there's an exactness and precision about baking and putting, assembling everything um, that, that is really relaxing in a strange way like you're okay i i've created this thing it came out right i made this beautiful accomplishment um but you know like other cooking is less scientific so there's there's i love the experimental side of it okay you know I've, i always when i read a recipe i always make the re the recipe the first time as is yeah. So I'm like, okay, now this is the baseline for the recipe. This is what the creator of the recipe, the author of the recipe believes it should taste like. Okay, cool. What do I want to do with it? Yeah. But first <laughs> I've established it at least works. Exactly. Know, how and I can achieve it. Make my yeah. own personal variation on that. Exactly. And, you know, we, in my family, my family, which is me and my husband, um, who are the ones eating the food, we have four cats, but they don't get people food. So yeah, that's good. That's yes. Uh, yeah. If they were eating everything you were eating, those would be unhealthy cats. Exactly. There'd be a lot of issues. But um, <laughs> the, the rule of the family is I'll make something. If it's not good, the person, me or Andy, can say it's not good. Let's order pizza. Uh, because nice. that way it's like it's one meal. Yeah. I'm, I am privileged enough that one bad meal is not going to hurt me. Yeah. You yeah. know? Well, and I have this very bad habit of being, so, I'm a terrible, terrible, terrible cook. And so okay. I would be <laughs> so appreciative of somebody else's willingness to cook that I was unwilling to say, I don't like this. Right. And uh, in, you know, previous relationships that <laughs> actually, you know, led to some resentment. Why didn't you yeah. tell me you don't like right. that? Well, because you'd gone to all the trouble and I felt like it was really nice of you to do it. And, mm -hmm. yeah, but then I thought you liked it and made it five more times and you never mentioned that you didn't right. like it. Right. 
And so now with uh, with Crystal, you know, she's really upfront about, okay, please don't lie to me. Tell yeah. me that you don't right. like it. We will not yeah. have that again. Or, or right. you know, she'll do the variations and and or just have it for herself when it's you know, which yeah. is very nice of her because I'm not, you know, carrying my side of the load on cooking because mm-hmm. I'm awful in the kitchen. Like I have messed up macaroni and cheese out of a box <laughs> multiple times, not just once. My son will tell you, I think three times I've cooked mac and cheese out of a box and managed to screw it up. I suspect that's, that's you're remarkable. so, I suspect you just get, um, yeah, I, I, expect, I expect it's like a squirrel scenario. Squirrel. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Not Knowing paying close you. enough attention and, oh, I put the water in before the powder. Oh, right. that's not gonna, you know, like, yeah, just gotta, it's all right. I put the yeah. powder in and then put the water on it. See, I just messed it up in my no, explanation. Shaky. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> terrible. Exactly. Well, you know, um, Andy doesn't like to cook. And he has specific dishes he makes. Which yes, is, that's which me. Is, I've got like exactly. four or five things that I can do yeah. safely. And that's wonderful. <laughs> you know, honestly, that's enough for most people, right? Yeah. I think everyone should have like kind of, you should be able to feed yourself. That's the you key. I can feed myself. I exactly. am capable of keeping myself alive. That's exactly. about all the extent of my skill in the kitchen. It's a good start. He does, Andy does the dishes. Oh, yeah. That, yep. That's the rule. Whoever cooks doesn't clean. Yeah. And I do I, the dishes. You know, yeah. I, there are all these other household chores where exactly. I'm like, you know, uh, uh, laundry, uh, you know, right. vacuuming. That's me because I don't cook. So right. I will yeah. try and make up for it with all yeah. these other things that are <laughs> traditionally like, oh no, one person's going to do the cooking and the vacuuming and the laundry. Mm-hmm. No, I, I have, you know, that's not, yeah. that doesn't work. So. No. Yeah. Um, I love that. Yeah. It's, it's about the balance. Yeah. Whatever that means in your relationship. Well, so. my thing has been, uh, uh, lately has been Legos <gasps> because my, <gasps> yes, my fiance, uh, is is in the process of purchasing a lego store and so oh, that's right works. yeah it's, that's exciting uh, so we do a lot of legos and lego building and i'm learning Wonderful. a lot about the world of legos there's a lot more to it than i thought so yeah, that gosh. has been a lot of fun and i think we're even going to try and plan some uh recordings of this show where we do them live and oh cool legos as we go uh, <laughs> yeah we're gonna see if we can get some authors in who've got little kids and say hey let's all build legos together well right. you know authors talk about their books i think that would be a kick so that would be wonderful because i mean so when i was a kid legos <laughs> right. were you know you you didn't have and i actually have no problem with the, the pre um configured sets that people build because some of them like andy built one that was a land rover defender yeah. and was amazing right yeah. um but i did love as a kid playing with just that you got you got the blocks and you got yep. the different blocks of the different sizes and i would build towns and then i would create yep. stories around the lego towns and you know and that was even before you had the lego people so i would use the two um you know the the two pronged blocks i don't know oh, what yeah. the name yeah those are my people yeah and you know the different colors were different people <laughs> so, yeah yeah, well, I, as a kid, I built these elaborate castles. And yeah, yeah you're the same thing. It wasn't the castle set with the directions. It was, right. how can I build, you know, and so it was castles. My thing was castles and spaceships. Perfect. And then when the uh, Lego movie came out, there was a character who was named Benny, who would go, spaceships, 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 spaceships. And I was like, yes. that's me. I was Benny as a <laughs> child. Benny. Anything with spaceships. Oh, but, uh, that yes, that so, movie know, was really fun. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a kick. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, I, I have yeah. become Benny now. Like, oh, that's awesome. Yay. Yeah. finding that that who you really should be yeah it's, uh, it's <laughs> well and now that i've plugged that it's a good time for our ad break so oh yes we'll uh, let doug fire up the music for that thank you doug for getting us into our ad break and we thank will you, be doug. back shortly 
This week's show is brought to you by Zara, the Zombie Apocalypse Rescue Agency. You may have an insurance policy in case you get into a car accident. You may have an insurance policy in case you pass away and want to take care of your dependents. But do you have a policy to make sure someone will come rescue you when you're trapped by a horde of zombies? At that point, you don't want a check from your life insurance company. You want trained professionals to roll up in an armored Humvee, machine guns blazing, and get you and your family the heck out of Dodge. That's what Zara is all about. The Zombie Apocalypse Rescue Agency. We promise to be there when you need us most. So get your policy today. And assuming the zombie apocalypse doesn't happen first, we have a couple of live shows coming up. Come participate in a live recording of Writers Not Writing at the Portland Fan Expo, which is from February 17th to 19th. We'll also be at NorwestCon in Seattle, April 6th to 9th. Guests are TBA. We'd love to have you in the live audience. And please bring some fun questions to ask our panels of procrastinating authors. Links to tickets are in the show notes. <laughs> so welcome back, everybody. So hey. Leanne, what's something you've been thinking about when you aren't writing? Daydreaming is is one of those things Ooh. that is simultaneously part of the process mm -hmm. and procrastination. So when you've been daydreaming lately, what's what have you been thinking about? Um, you know, I would love it if my life led to the point where I and my husband uh, could buy a mountain house. Mm. And, you know, we're both, my husband and I are both fairly introverted. We're, we're, we're like on the border of introverted, extroverted. So we can go be social and then we can come home and be in the same house and be recharging. Like, yeah. you know, it's one of the, the, really one of the wonderful things about, you know, being married to him. Um, so, but we also have a lot of hobbies or, things that we like to do that are just like heads down like for me it's writing you know Andy likes to woodwork he likes to do photography he like I don't know you know he likes maps and you know so we would love to buy this you know live on the mountain house and probably definitely with a good view yeah with some land there needs to be snow you know uh very picturesque snow at the right times wow. you know <laughs> idyllic um you know it, what we should have done is bought some land near hood river back in the day yeah, that would have been ideal back when it was affordable mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um so i daydream i daydream about that and what kind of life that would be yeah. um there's probably be a garden I, there might be chickens i don't know there, my neighbors have chickens and they seem like a lot of work so yeah, it's, it's balancing <laughs> like the idea of chickens is great the uh, actual amount of labor uh, might not be as fun exactly exactly Exactly. So we're in a good situation here. They give us eggs occasionally and we get to hear the nice. chickens making chicken noises, which is kind of nice. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that um, I'm also, so that's the, the happy daydreaming. Uh, I'm also doing a lot of daydreaming world building for my next book, which we can talk about it a, a little bit later. Um, but it does take place in a different world from ours, but the main characters are actually people from our world. Mm. So it's so fun. portal fantasy kind of a it's thing. It's very much they, a portal yeah. fantasy. Yeah. And they get pulled in. And so it's really been fun to daydream about writing this world from their eyes. Yeah. And well, that's so, one of the great things about Portal Fantasy is they can then convey to your reader in our world, this is how this other world, you know, is, yeah. is exists and, and functions and, you know, how mm -hmm. it's different from ours in language we understand. I, I have exactly. so much respect for people who write like epic high fantasy, like oh gosh. Uh, Miko's Miko. Rule. Yeah. That, that, the, the, you know, how do you say this is a bird that is about the size of a chicken? 
without saying this is the bird's eye. You can't say chicken because there's no chickens in that universe. And she does such a great job of that. You know, Mm -hmm. kind of context clues. You figure out, oh, it's it's roughly a chicken or it's oxen or something like that. But there are no oxen. There are no chickens. Like, you know, that's a challenge. So Portal Fantasy has that advantage. Exactly. Look at it and go, oh, it's kind of like a chicken, you know? Right. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And, you know, the fun thing is playing with them learning the the correct language for things in that world. And then there's world words that they don't understand. Um, I'll I'll give this one detail away. I call this series that I'm writing kind of my Narnia meets Wheel of Time series. Mm. Narnia because it's a portal fantasy. Um, and Wheel of Time, because the, I don't know if you know the Wheel of Time series that well, but yeah. it deals with souls a lot. Yeah. And um, I love that idea. So there is a, there is a lot of soul adjacent important stuff in my book. I think that's the best way I can say it without giving anything yeah. away. But one element is... Um, the bad guy, the big bad, Raven, steals souls from people. And they have a name for it, which is Silukt, which I looked up like soulless in German. And it's sort of that word that I then made into my own word. Because, right. yes. you know, German is can be a harsh language in yeah. a good way. And I, you know, I made that work for me. Um, and so, you know, that's a word we don't know. Right. And they have to learn it. And then they don't even really get how horrifying it is for someone's soul to be stolen until later in the book. Cause you know, at the time it's just sort of, they don't see the person, per- it's, you know, it's such a learning process. You learn yeah. the word, you learn what the word really means, and then you learn what it really means. Right. And sometimes you have to learn what it really means mm-hmm. to, you know, then go back exactly. and go, oh, I was using this in kind of a, a lazy, empty way, but now that exactly. I've seen the consequences, wow, this word really, and there's mm-hmm. so many words in English where we have that same experience too, mm-hmm. whatever someone's native language is. Right. I learned the word and then I learned the concept. Right. And there was a lot more to it. You know, I, I, I my own experience of words that I used for 40 years and then learned, oh, okay, this is what this means to this group of people, or this is what mm-hmm. this, and this has a lot more weight than I was ever giving it. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. And, you know, I think as writers, um, convey, learning to build that weight around a certain word yeah. through our descriptions or um, through showing it affecting, I mean, I think that's one of the wonderful challenges that we have to really make someone feel like, oh, okay, this word salute means something really horrible. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so it's it's fun to-, to... I wrote this fantasy series that has never seen the light of day many, many years ago. <laughs> right. The premise was that in this fantasy universe, some people had the ability to take control of the bodies of others. Oh, cool. And it became kind of like a, a means to, they would they would like have duels and one person at the end would control the other's body. Oh, wow. The the subjugation. Okay. Oh, perfect. So it was, you know, and then so I had to introduce this idea with an action scene right away. Let's see one of these duels. And at the end, the other person is kind of a puppet and the other person can control them. What would that do in a universe where some people could do that to Mm -hmm. others? And there's only Mm -hmm. a few people who are capable of it and they end up going off to a school. It was kind of a YA thing. And it ended up being, it's maybe something I should go back to. I was playing with that idea of, you know, how can I, how can I demonstrate power and disempowerment in our world through some kind of ceremonialized visual version where somebody literally controls another person? And so, you know, same thing. The first time you hear this term, you're going, I don't understand what that is. 
oh, it's this ritual duel, and one mm-hmm. person ends up owning the other person's yeah. physical body. Oh, that's awful. Um, so yeah, it's it was. Uh, I should go back to that. It sounds like a lot of possibilities. Yeah. Was, yeah. Well, and, and I, you know, I wrote the. It was one of those. You may have had this experience too, where you're writing a story. And it ends up so long that you're like, I've got to split this. This is now two books. <laughs> it was this huge thing. That's and so, awesome. Well, I remember when my first couple of books came out, they're written on the shorter side, not like my most recent. And uh, yeah. people would go, oh, you write short books. And I'd be like, no, not always. <laughs> <laughs> the ones you're not reading are really long. That's awesome. Um, yeah. Well, this is, uh, this right here is my edit copy of that book. So yep. it's all printed out. I'm going through and doing the oh, line awesome. editing. You're, you're a good ways through the process. You're... I, I'm done with the book, um, but not done enough. Yeah. That, yeah. Right. So, so are you for the like beta reader phase or? Um, I'm about one and a half revisions away from beta reader. Yeah. 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 So, I hear that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, but I'm, I'm to the point in the, in, with this book that I, if I don't get it to a beta reader, I'm never going to do anything with it. Like I understand that. I phase. can't do, I can barely look at it yep. anymore. So yeah. yeah. I've got one in the hands of editors and it got oh, to nice. the point where I was like, I am excited to get this in their hands, but also I'm really excited to get it out of my own. Exactly. <laughs> this is, yeah. You tell me what needs to be fixed. And it's been really great. And also, you know, the experience of getting editing feedback. Like I'm like, put on the armor. This is going to yep. be here. Oh yeah. You're absolutely right. This sentence is not working yes. at all. This yes. makes no sense. <laughs> Do you find that what makes you the most angry at fe- the feedback that makes you the most upset, I think is a better word, is actually the best feedback. Oh yeah. It's when they're yeah. right. Exactly. Yeah, I, I, yeah. It's much easier for me to say, oh, no, I I, I don't think you're getting it. And I'm going to keep this, you know, mm-hmm. this line. Right. Uh, you know, then I have to second guess myself and say, am I just, you know, being precious about this? But the ones that are frustrating are where I'm like, oh, you're right. Oh, right. what a boneheaded error. You yeah. know, I had some characters in one change names in, you know, there was a scene where there were a whole bunch of folks and they were like, <laughs> who is this person? You've just introduced him in the middle of a fight scene. Oh no, I just messed up the name. And so every time that we mentioned, they were like, who is this new person who's here? Like, oh no, it's the other guy who magically must have vanished to you at that moment because I just changed his name without thinking about it. So, right. Oh, yeah, that's I, funny. I was like, oh, good catch. I'm embarrassed. Right. right. Yeah. But you know, that, that, and that's kind of where I am with this. I've actually changed one character's name. I think I've got, I've caught it all. Um, but I'm thinking about changing one of the other characters' names because uh, the name is actually the same as a current family member of mine. Yeah. And I'm not comfortable with some of the direction that character takes as relation. Because when you write with the name, for me, when I write with the name of a family member, I'm visualizing that family member going through that. Yep. And it's yeah. I'm not willing to put this family member through right. that. You don't frankly. want to chase a real family member up a tree and throw rocks right. at them. Exactly, right. exactly. I like them yes. too much. And and also there may be a romance between one, him and this person and another character. And that's yeah. kind of like, I don't want to see that. Yeah, it's kind of ewing me out. Yeah. So uh so we'll hopefully I'll I'll do that. No, yeah, up. names are so rough because you oh know gosh, I, I, yeah. I I've been teaching now long enough that I have taught, I think it's over 5,000 students or something. Oh, like wow. So and you got so every name. All the names, right? right? And so you end up at this point where you're going, what's a name that I'm not associating with some former kid who was 16 years old in my right. classroom? And now I don't want to f- picture that kid. Like, right, so right. how yeah. do I, you know, find names that are, I'm like, no, my next series is going to be fantasy and it is going to be made up names so that I can <laughs> avoid all traditional American you've got to, You've got to mention that in the, in the, in the, yeah. in the dedication. Or, or I have to stay away from names that yeah. I might know. That's so awesome. I love that. 
Cool. Um, other things I'm daydreaming about um, on a more serious note, I'm really concerned about the fact we don't have a good universal health care. I'm very worried about our health care. Um, and I recently re uh, watched the documentary, Pales uh, I'm gonna Pales Pelosi. Pelosi. No, oh, I'm the one about Pelosi. Thank you. I'm yes. In case you can't tell, I'm terrible with names. Um, yeah, but I, I want to see that one. Was it it's good? It's really good. Um, her her daughter films it, so you yeah. get this you get this lovely mix of kind of her being humanized by her her daughter talking to her from behind the camera and her grandkids, as well as her you know her her stints as Speaker of the House and how effective she has been. And of course, in that first stint, they did they passed the Affordable Care Act. Wow. And then just all the all the important things about it. And then, of course, the Republicans trying to repeal it, not being able to John McCain coming in and being that Republican vote that said no oh. to repealing it when he'd been so against it before, you yeah. know, just so fascinating. And, you know, there's a Republican I respect. Yeah. Somebody of character who said this right. is not what I want. This is not what's right. best for the, the my party necessarily. But I recognize reluctantly it's what's best for the country. Right. Like, oh, somebody who actually cares about that. Right. Uh, not and, just flag-waving patriotism, genuine right. concern. For exactly. The and while I didn't want him to be president, um, his VP pick aside, he yeah. probably would have been a decent president. He would well, have. He would yeah. have been yeah. competent and not mm -hmm. harmful and, you know. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, yeah. That's, oh, then that's the, you know, that's how I feel about, uh, uh, what was the uh, the, the next uh, candidate? Oh, Mitt Romney? Romney. Romney right. would have been fine. He, I disagreed mm -hmm. with him on a lot of you know uh specific issues but i didn't you know think he was a horrible person correct yeah, um yeah. you know that that yeah. that's where i feel like that party has really shifted they you know horrible people a party that had ideas i disagreed with to a party that is saying no we were we're willing to cause an incalculable amount of harm uh in an effort to retain power and i'm like yeah, but yeah really McCain was a person of character exactly yeah you know and, and i can get behind that um so that was you know so that just always brings back the, the should, why should your healthcare depend on a job? Yeah. Why should your healthcare depend on how much money you make? Yep. You know, there are just, it is, it is a human right. Yep. And, and to say not, that it's not is, is incredibly cruel, harmful to people. You know, just, I mean, it marginalizes folks who live, I mean, think of the homeless. If, a, if someone who's unhoused could get adequate healthcare, I'm not saying miracles would occur because I, but it's I know part of it's part of, you know, dealing with uh, houselessness is dealing with so many different things at once. Right. You exactly. can't just say, well, if we had a, a you know, drug treatment, well, right. that addresses some people's concerns. Mm -hmm. You can't say, well, if we just had enough housing, well, if somebody is afraid to live in housing, exactly. you know, that it's Are a, they, it's, they just can't like some people. Yeah. So how are we going to address all, you know, provide the housing, yeah. provide the healthcare, provide the treatment, exactly. provide all the employment, all these various right. things. This is a big problem that needs Huge. serious people who right. are willing to do serious investment. I read about, uh, uh, cool thing they're doing i believe it was in norway where their policy is housing first exactly yes yeah. so what they do is first thing they do is give you an apartment and you know from our kind of american pull yourself up by your bootstraps right. myth myth never myth. True. yeah uh, i uh, you know ideology we say oh that's terrible you're just handing somebody an apartment and what they found is yeah it's cheaper it is cheaper to give right. someone an apartment than it is to try and do every other thing that would allow them to get their own apartment 
put them in an apartment first, then address these other issues mm-hmm. to save money. As a I, I, I think we must have read the same article because yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's just so it, it is inhumane for me to to live as well as I do, um, and you know, like donate money and stuff like that. But the reality is, there are, I live near Laurelhurst Park. There are people living in tents. Right right outside laurel and you know there yeah it's well it, yeah we were talking about words that change mm. in their definitions as we get older and really experience you know and learn things and one of the big things that i was taught but late in life which was kind of mind-blowing to me is as a society poverty is a choice yeah. we don't have to have anyone in this country right. who is hungry we don't have to have anyone right. who is houseless this is yes. something we have chosen and once you kind of bear that and you say we like well, i am part of that choice absolutely yeah to live in a society that has chosen this yeah and you know then you got to own it and say okay what yeah. are we going to do to change that together mm-hmm. collectively yeah. and as long as we have this attitude of you know the the kind of us them we can't come together and say we right. could solve these problems right. as long as we're willing to own them i had a really interesting experience the first winter of the pandemic well the february of 2021 um i think is right around then um so still in the pandemic the the vaccines hadn't come out yet oh they'd come out but you know not everyone had them yeah. so you know there was still this fear this living this sheltered living feeling yeah. you know um and it was a it was actually a dark and stormy night. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was this windy, rainy night, like sideways rain, February, cold, dark. And someone rings our doorbell at eight o'clock at night. And that never happens. I mean, you know, I, first of all, I, I was like, whoa. Yeah. But I went and answered it. And there was a, a homeless man out there. And he was just like, I was like, I don't, he was like, don't be scared. He's like, I just need a tarp or something to cover my stuff. And I'm like, oh my God, you know, it's sideways rain night. And I'm like, okay, I don't have a tarp, but I'm going to let you sleep on our porch tonight. I can't bring you in because it's the pandemic. Um, and, but I can give you my porch. That is the best that I can yeah. do. And he started crying. He was so happy and I was like oh my god I'm just giving you my porch right here but you know it was just something and you know he ended up staying for a couple of days and we kind of had to like kind of have to go now because there was you know it was right. a might my, my, I have the kind of neighbors who were like chill, chill with it for a few days but then you know they kind of and so pretty pretty flexible and this is this is what it's so hard for me yeah. it's on, on the one hand I'm saying what can I do personally and on the other hand I'm recognizing that is not the way we will solve these problems. Exactly. And I don't want to, I don't want to a deceive myself into that, but also sometimes if we try and solve the problems ourselves, we don't do the things that are necessary right. to actually solve the problems. You know, right. charity is all the charities in the country will tell you up front they could do everything they could and that will not be able to solve right. even food insecurity. Like exactly. we can't feed everyone through through charity. We have yeah. you know bigger problems. On the other yeah. hand, then I have to step back and ask myself, am I reminding myself of that fact in order to avoid doing what I need to do? It's and hard, so right? that's so tough. Yeah. And, you know, I, I just have to kind of be humble and acknowledge maybe I am, maybe I'm making excuses. And so mm-hmm. it's, that, that's it's hard to know. You know yeah. I, don't, I don't know. And I, I don't either. I yeah. do know that just individual action is not enough to solve systemic problems. Like, and, you, you know, know, yeah. And it was interesting. I had some conversations with him 
and you know he loved his stuff with after asking us um he was he was respectful but then he he did go off and he it was when the six hundred dollar um stimulus checks were coming out oh yeah and so he went to go pick one up so he clearly at one point had filed tax returns yeah like he was clearly someone who had been not this person he'd 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 been a man who had a job at some point. Um, and, and I don't know what that job was. Um, so he came back and, but he came back like a day later looking rough, like, you know, there were definitely drugs involved. And so I'm just acknowledging that because addiction is, is so hard. Um, self-medicating, like, self-medicating, exactly. This guy has legitimate struggles. Right. And and we say, oh, you shouldn't be using drugs. Well, if we didn't, if we don't address why is this person self-medicating, then drugs is not really part of it. But at the same time, we need to acknowledge the drugs will then impair this person's ability to get out of that situation. Exactly. How do we address all those things simultaneously? Yeah. And easy. And we, but one thing we talked about, I was like, cause he ended up putting a lot, he had a lot of stuff and, and I came out and really tactlessly said, wow, you have a lot of stuff. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, what? And he looks at me, he goes, well, homeless people have stuff too. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, yeah. you're right. Yeah, I, those I'm, moments where you look and go, oh, you look in the yeah. mirror and go, oh, wait, I have yeah. a lot more stuff. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, yep. uh, yeah, I'm I'm not right in this scenario. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, but no, it's a, it is so tricky. I mean, this, it is tricky. These yeah. are not easy things to navigate. Absolutely. The time, the willingness to engage. I think a lot of folks say this is intractable and therefore I just won't think about it. But it's not. That's not how problems are solved. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to. Uh, yeah. And, you know, I had a father who dealt with addiction issues he was fortunate enough and to never be homeless. I don't exactly know how he was able to make that work. You know, oh, and maybe he wouldn't have been now. I think it's harder now. I you may be right. More people who are yeah. even closer to the line now yeah. just look back and go, I know this person who struggled and they didn't end up homeless. They might now. Right. And it's really valid. And, and, um, but I definitely, my biggest fear for him was him living somewhere where we, you know, when you when you have a parent who has addictions, especially one who'd been not addicted and then late in life yeah. ran into that. For me, the struggle was reconciling this person with the father who raised me and right. was a loving father and, and you know, just a, a provided engaged father. Um, and then now he's this person and I would be very angry with him and not want to talk to him. But then at the same time, Oh my God, you know, what if he's some, living somewhere, he becomes homeless and he dies right? and we never know. And, or that he's a John Doe and eventually, you know, so that didn't happen. He died actually in hospice. We were there to decide, thank goodness, you know, so yeah. lots of good but, closure. But a lot of scary time before then. A lot of scary time. And, and so I think that, you know, when I, when I see someone, especially like the, the guy on our porch, I see my dad in that a little bit. I, because right. it, it gives a it gives a really strong face, and and I know, I know other people deal with that too. Yeah, well, and I think that's good. I mean, I think we need to see mm-hmm. the humanity. I mean, I think exactly. that's a big part of the challenge is we have kind of been trained by our society to say, oh, there are people, right. and then there are homeless people. Yeah. And yeah. to say, no, people who are houseless are are the people who that, that was your neighbor last yeah. week. And yeah. that person fell, you know, fell behind on a, a mortgage payment and they're right. still your neighbor. They just now are, you know, living in your neighborhood in a different right. way. And that's that's hard yeah. for folks to recognize. This like, is still very much a human being with needs yeah. and with legitimate, you know, concerns. I, one of the things I talk about with my students is 
our class stratification is around different skill sets. And so, you know, we tend to say, oh, this person is homeless because they are deficient. And this person is middle class because they have these skills. And this person is wealthy because they have these skills. When in fact, Mm -hmm. I couldn't navigate the streets. I lack those skills. I couldn't live that way yet. I haven't learned how to do that. That person might struggle with some middle class skills. And there are a lot of people who are very wealthy who couldn't live my life. Couldn't possibly do what I do. They certainly They they don't know how to go. Like you, you hear about billionaires and they're like, Oh yeah, you know what is is orange juice is twenty dollars, right? Right. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. You know, just like, difference. No. Whereas I couldn't tell you what is the appropriate fruit basket to purchase to make an apology. <laughs> like that's not something I've been trained to do. Or how do I? I don't I know evaluate, how many people are trained in that. Yeah, to you be know, fair. how do I evaluate which horse to purchase? Like I don't <laughs> know how to buy a horse. That's you know for fun. Like right, that's right. not something that you know, and so we have awesome. different skill sets, and that Absolutely. doesn't mean that somebody who yeah. is you know uh, not doesn't have a lot of resources doesn't have skills. They have well, skills that I just lack. Well, and there are folks who live on the streets who have jobs. Yeah, they just can't. Don't they? You know, think of all of uh, you know, like a single mother. Yeah, she may not be able to get a job because she... how to bathe, how right. to all these right. things. I wouldn't know how to do. Not a clue, right? Yeah. And how to actually show up for work, looking somewhat competent. Yeah, not competent. Um, put together. Let's say right. put together. That's a better way to put it, I think. Yeah. But still be living on the streets or yeah, or living yeah. out of a car or living out of a car, exactly. how to navigate. Sometimes living out of a car and sometimes couch mm-hmm. surfing and something like I don't know how to do that. And so yeah. I think recognizing these folks have skills, they are adaptable, they're very right. intelligent. What is it we can gain from them, and how can we, you know, get them into housing and get them right. there and get them what they need, and you know, not lose this skill set that is available to you know these, right. are, these are you know Give smart them... people doing right. their best, just like wealthy people are smart people doing their best and so how can we not treat them like they've got some asset for for Mm -hmm. our society so exactly yeah but i totally agree with you on on the nationalizing healthcare is uh, i read this great piece where somebody was pointing out if if anybody came to any you know modern country now and said we would like to tie healthcare to your employer we would go that's crazy why would you possibly do that this, this weird historical thing where they 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 capped salaries during world war ii and so places that were trying to incentivize working at their place of work said, we'll offer you $10 of health insurance a year. Wow. I mean, it really was $10. And that was a free doctor's visit to your wow. house. And that was, you know, and so that's how we ended up in this bizarre circumstance was you couldn't raise wages because you couldn't be taking away from the bullet factory during mm-hmm. World War II, but mm-hmm. you could offer a doctor visit. And we end up with this whole bizarre system Horrible. as a consequence. It's, right. it's wild that it happened yeah. that way. Yeah. And it makes no sense. And we should be grown up enough to say, if this makes no sense, let's fix it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Let's start fixing that. And then you might open up the door to some other things, you know, like a universal basic income. I don't know how that would work. I have no idea. I'm not. Countries that have experimented yeah. with it, it works really well. Yeah. I think there's this myth that if you give people money, they will stop working, and which is won't. just not the case. Right. People will find the things that they love to work on or some people will be perfectly fine to just do a job that isn't glamorous or anything Mm -hmm. but to feel secure that they can do that job but and and have health care from some you know but i don't know it would just give people freedom but there's still going to be people who collect the garbage there's still going to be mail carriers you know 
because people don't want to have the bare minimum. Exactly. So they would do things exactly. above and beyond. But I was talking to a, a, a writer I really respect who's, you know, saying, oh, if I if I won the lottery, I would volunteer at the local uh, veterinary clinic or at the dog shelter. Well, what this person is saying is I would do a job. Like even mm -hmm. if this person had infinite, mm -hmm. you know, wealth, they would work. We want to work. They would end up doing the thing that they would love. Right. And that's something we need as a society anyway. You need somebody at the vet clinic. Right. So yeah, creating yeah. this financial incentive system is not healthy right. for us anyway. I yeah. think UBI, a nice safe floor mm -hmm. so that nobody starves yeah. is just a, a way for us to have a yeah. decent civil society. And I think exactly. we'll get there eventually. Yeah. It's just yeah. getting beyond this, this sense people have that, you know, people must be motivated. Once they see those experiments in the places that are that are doing them and say, mm -hmm. oh, people don't take advantage of it. Right. Why, why was I presupposing the, the worst motives for everyone right. around me that everybody is right. evil and lazy? Right. Now, you know, people want to do things that they love to do just like yeah. you do because people are people. So, and people get a charge out of contributing. Right. Whatever that means to them. Yeah. I get a charge out of it. It's so well, satisfying. Oh, I, I don't know if you've ever experienced a period of not having a job, but it's depressing. I, I have been, knock on wood, really fortunate. Um, but my husband has experienced that. Yeah. And, you know, he's he's always been amazing and, and great during it. But it's, I know that it has been hard. And yeah. And so I think you give somebody a UBI, they're not going to yeah. choose that depressing period of unemployment. Exactly. They're going to exactly. find something to do because not doing something is hard. Exactly. Exactly. Ask any retired person. Right. They're, they're filling their days with fun stuff yeah, or well, volunteer work. Or... Retirees are volunteering, you know, exactly. they're working. They yeah. To work. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so people would do that. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, how we, as I know it sounds kind of highfalutin to say this, but, you know, how a society treats its less, I'm weaker people. Weaker, and I, I'm not totally comfortable with that word, but you know, the people who has the people with less, how a society treats the people with less, I think is what defines a society. Yep, absolutely. Not, yeah, yeah. You know, absolutely. That, that's that is the measure. That not is the measure. Treating the people who are most in need in our society, mm -hmm. that's who we are then. Yeah. You know, and so that, you know, we, we can, it's, it's easy to look at kind of top line numbers and say, oh, we've got the most wealth or we have the most powerful military. Well, that right. is true. But uh, if yeah. people are starving, is that a success? Mm -hmm. You know, and so I think that that's, uh, yeah, we've, we've yeah. got a long way to go on that. I think so. Yeah. All right. So totally changing the, <laughs> the, the topic uh, to something much, much sillier. Oh, yeah. So every week we do a weekly poll. And this one actually might tangentially sort of relate. Oh, so, yeah. You know, it's, about, it's about privilege in a way. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we uh, we do a weekly poll. And last week, our poll was provided by Scott Boss, the author I interviewed last week. And I fully own this. It wasn't Doug's fault. Not Not your fault. This was my responsibility. I forgot to post it. So we can use this one again. So our post again, not really again. We never did it in the first place. So uh, this will be our post this week and I will post it, I promise. Uh, and, and I will give Scott a shout out when I do. Uh, he asked, how do you feel about bidets? And he had four options. Uh, I love blasting my butt clean with water. I might try it in the right situation. Never TP for life. And when in Japan. So where would you fall on that one? I would fall, uh, have never used a bidet, um, but I'm going to go with, with option two. Absolutely. You might yeah. try the right situation. Yeah. I, I have, you know, tried a bidet yeah. only when traveling internationally, and that feels like a good balance to me. 
when okay. in Rome, when in, Rome. When in Japan, yeah. I will yeah. use them today. It's not the way I would prefer to roll all the time, but uh, you know, <laughs> it is. I think it's part of the experience of being in a place where that is the the way to go. Is okay. I will. I will Excellent. use a bidet in Egypt. I will use a bidet in Italy. Yeah, that's there. Fun. You go. I have some friends right at the beginning of the pandemic. They, you know, when the whole toilet paper thing was going on they coincidentally had just bought the bidet attachment for the toilet and they were just like perfect we couldn't have planned better this yes. is amazing yeah no but, i know people who've made the switch and swear by it they're like mm -hmm. we'll never go back this is the way to go and i'm like yeah. I don't and, and i should acknowledge you know this might be one of those areas where at some point in the future i will have to acknowledge error <laughs> and, and say, that's I okay should have <laughs> switched to that years ago that makes so much more sense right, and it's so much better right. but right now i'm like oh, i'm still a little stuck in my ways <laughs> I'm a middle-aged white guy. We don't like change. You like, don't like change. <laughs> so, I, I, I am as progressive as I want to seem. I'm still going. Oh no, toilet paper is what I was raised on. Yeah, you know, we, we you might get there. Yeah, we'll we'll yeah. see. Yeah, that's uh, awesome. So next up is our to read pile. So uh, mm. regardless of whether you're reading on the toilet or on your couch or wherever, <laughs> or, or dancing around on the bidet, but, I don't really know how that would work. Yeah. But yes, yeah, there's a downside of the bidet. You could water damage your books. That's uh, <laughs> Um, <laughs> so uh so what is on your to read pile ah well if uh if there's a sequel to hellbent that will be on my to read pile um oh my gosh um i picked up so this is not on my to read pile but this is what led me to something on my to read pile there's a book called the um the white trash warlock that i'm mm. that is on my to read pile and the reason it's there is there's a a writer who I think you should read called uh, named K.D. Edwards. And he's the first, he's writing, his series is based on tarot cards. And the first book is called The Last Sun. And it's it's sort of an Atlantis is now in um, um, off the coast of New York kind of thing. Um, and the world knows about it. There's magic and um, the leaders of Atlantis are based on tarot cards. So there's ah. the sun, there's the moon, there's the hermit, there's, you know, so lady, you know, justice and so forth. Um, it is a, probably one of my favorite series. I and should totally check that you out. You should totally, there's three books so far. It's going to be a nine book arc is what he's saying. Um, but the first three books are out. Totally satisfying. Um, it, it is queer fiction, so queer fantasy fiction, Good. beautifully done. Um, I think the other thing that I really love about it is the found family element mm, to yes. it. And, um, you know, I always love that. So well, and I think there's a real uh, uh, value to, uh, you know, queer fic is great for found family. Like exactly. there's a connection there. And yeah. so even somebody like me who's het can go, Oh, there's the, you know, I, 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 the, the, the queer relationships might not be the relationships I would ever be in, but the found family is something that totally. I value highly and need to learn from and yes, and improve all of our relationships. Exactly. And so that's, I think that's, the, uh, you know, one of the reasons I'm like, absolutely give me queer fic. Like that's yeah. great stuff for everyone to read. So. It really is. Yeah. And so, uh, one of the folks who blurbed him is the writer of this warlock, oh. White trash warlock series. I was like, I keep seeing him blurbed and I really like this series and I follow Katie Edwards on Twitter and he's kind of called out this writer. So, um, so I've, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go into that because I'm super sad that the next book for the, the tarot card sequence isn't out. So let me find some other ways to satisfy that. 
uh, listeners hear me typing away. Uh, yeah, he's probably looking uh, at I am it. adding these so that they will be in the show notes. So folks, awesome. if you are interested in these and you're saying, I, I, you know, I'm driving in my car, I hope I remember that. Don't worry, <laughs> be in the show notes when you Excellent. get home. Uh, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll have all these links so you can get your copies. The the next, uh, so of course, you can imagine my to-be-read pile is like everyone's. It's oh. going to kill me one day by falling on top of me, but yeah, exactly. But this, uh, this room behind me is so heavy that I'm worried about the structural integrity of my house. Oh my goodness. These shelves go to the ceiling and oh, wow. this, this house, like when you're in this room, the floor creaks in a different <laughs> way than every other room because of the thousands of pounds. That's of awesome. I yeah, love I'm, that. I'm fine with that. Like if I, if I go, that's how I want to go. There are worse ways, just, right? just falls into the floor beneath me and I'm like, and yep, you, I went out with know, my books. And if you're trapped for a while, you can read something. Yeah, exactly. So you're yes. good. He went out after nine hours of being trapped with very little oxygen, but lots to read. Lots to read. So he was happy. Yeah. Um, the the next, not the next, you know, the way I'll just pick up what I pick up. So I don't know if it'll be the next. So the Bone Shaker book by Sherry yeah. Priest that I mentioned, I didn't know. I read it like several years ago and then I reread it while I was visiting my mom last week. And I didn't realize it was the beginning of a five book series. Oh, nice. Ah! That's a nice so, bonus. Right. Yeah. So I immediately bought the next four books. So um, I will be picking that next book up. Yeah. So I'm very excited. It's a steampunk uh, series. Uh, the one I've read takes place in Seattle back in the 1860s. And so it's, it's just got a lot of wonderful steampunk elements with cool. some some zombie elements. Right. And yeah, it's, it's this really cool mix. So uh, so I look forward to the next book. Um uh, yeah. My, mine, and I don't like you, I'm not sure if it will be immediately next, but uh, I have a book that has been sitting on my to-read pile for far too long, and I'm uh -huh. myself, uh, because I know the author. And oh. it's one of those cases where I'm going, I need to read this because, so it's it's Serena Dory's, uh, and it's oh. The Wrath of the Tooth Fairy. You, oh, you've, met, sure I, you've met Serena around. Yeah, around. yeah. That's also wonderful person. Like she's fun. She's funny. She I is, just want yeah. to read this. And she's written this book that's about kind of, well, I mean, it's all in the title, The Wrath of the Tooth Fairy. I love uh, that. You know, quasi paranormal horror <laughs> tooth fairy story. And I'm like, you know, yes, I need to check that out. I and, can imagine tooth fairies could do a lot of damage. In right. right and so, yeah, I'm really curious to see where she goes with it. And because I know Serena, I know she's going to go good places with it. So, That's fantastic. Uh, if anybody else wants to add to their to read pile, yeah. some stories, The Wrath of the Tooth Fairy. That's so, a great choice. A lot of fun. Maybe tapping into her Terry Pratchett Tooth Fairy exactly. mythology. Well, and, and she's done a ton of books that are about witches and stuff. And right. you know, she yeah. does a lot with that. This one's more adult. I think those were more, uh, you know, for kids. And so mm -hmm. she's got um, the whole school, the yes. school series. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. so I am excited to read this one. So it's, it's on my to read pile, Serena. And I promise I will get to <laughs> it eventually, maybe when my house collapses. Um, there you go. That'll be a great on. thing to read while, while running out of air. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Nice. Um, Very cool. So uh, uh, contacts, yeah. where can folks find you? Um, so you'll, I'm on Twitter and I'm on Instagram. Um, I just got my post acceptance. So I'm on post now. Oh, I nice. haven't quite figured out how to use it. I'll be on Spoutable eventually when Christopher Buzzy gets that up and running. Um, but now for now, Twitter and Instagram, um, those are yep. good places to find me. Um, will, however, if you follow me, yeah, if you follow me, don't DM me immediately with a hey girl kind of thing. Let's not do that. <laughs> yeah, I'll block you, you immediately. I do. Uh, I bet every woman does. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And it, it's, I don't. 
I don't yeah. get those. Yeah. Nobody does that to, you know, the, the, the old this white male. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's just not a thing that I deal with. I have yeah. to, I, you know, I'm, I'm always encouraging authors, you know, you need to be out there. You need, and then I have to step back and say, it's a different experience for me right. on social media than it is for everyone else. You know, right. I'm encouraging people to go into places that are often unsafe for them. Whereas, well, them, yeah. Fun. Yeah, I mean, I just, you you DM me something like, hey, girl, like if someone DMs me and they clearly know me and they're reaching out, that's a different thing. But if it's a hey, girl kind of thing, I'm blocked, delete, I don't respond. Yeah. That's why, and my Instagram account is locked for that reason. So yeah. I'll, I'll follow you back if yeah. you seem legit and I would, I'll be stoked about it. So. Yes. <laughs> please people be civil and humane on social yeah. media you are not anonymous as anonymous as you think and you can right. cause real impact so right be a good person on social media exactly i don't need to know how beautiful my smile is i have people to tell me that right in people person. you actually know to tell exactly. you exactly <laughs> um so. Well, before we get to our send-off, I want to make yeah. sure I thank all the folks that I need to thank. So thank thanks you. to the artist Max Oakland, who reached out mm -hmm. and provided one of his songs for our intro, I Prefer the right. Dusk. Uh, let Max know you like that song by following him on Twitter at Max Oakland. Thanks to Halizna CCO for their song Kids for the ad break. Uh, if you are in a band and you would like your song used on the show, I'd love to highlight a listener's work like Max's songs. You can email those into me. Thanks to Doug, the producer, for making the show sound good uh, and for taking the blame when it doesn't. Thank you. For that. Um, I cannot forget to mention Writers Not Writing is a production of Not A Pipe Publishing. So please go to notapipepublishing.com. Check out the amazing books written by writers who didn't procrastinate too much, including Leanne's books are there on notapipepublishing.com. Uh, if you like this show, rate and review it wherever you found it. Please check out Leanne's books, rate yes, and please. review them too. That Clicking that fifth star and writing even a short review makes a huge difference. You can make a writer's day. So yeah. take take the, the moments, the mere seconds <laughs> that it takes to do that uh, for a writer that you, that you appreciate. Uh, and now we get to our send off and I talk way too much. And so Leanne, <laughs> this is all yours. How shall we end the show today? Oh my gosh. What did I end up saying? Um, oh, I have to look it up. <laughs> <laughs> that could be our send-off well it could be the send-off but i think what i what i say a lot to people because i actually work in the tech world um when the job that that makes me money currently um is technology is awesome until it isn't and that is true about many things in life so maybe it's an everything in moderation kind of thing so there you go that's my send-off My